I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. They weren't that far from you, though. No, they're. It's not. It's just that much farther west. I'm literally swimming in atmosphere. That, I don't. How is that possible? It's Florida. I'm swimming in atmosphere, thick like pea soup. How Means far? You're closer to- how far are you from where you were? Oh, like twenty minutes, but it's literally uh, the running joke. Like, oh, you're e- you're east of the turnpike. Oh, you're west of the turnpike. Yeah, I'm west of the turnpike now, and it's just muggy. There's just no, there's no breeze. There's no nothing. But I'm here in the flesh, primed for episode one sixty nine. Oh, so snakes and stogies, part of the Herpeticulture Network. Brought to you by Fulvius Apparel, FulviusApparel.com, uh, Fulvius Apparel on Facebook and Instagram. Check it out. Buy a shirt. Help. Help. <laughs> Is that Gila shirt uh, available yet? I haven't made it available, so I sent a picture. Like Phil was all about it, and I, I made it sort of with Phil in mind. I was like, this is something Phil would like. And so I made the one... And then I was like, the color of it in particular, I got a tweak. I wasn't particularly happy with it. And then I washed it because I could tell the black text on that. Somehow, for whatever reason, I can look at these things when they print sometimes and just tell that that black, like the black ink is just not going to wash well. I don't know why, but there's like, it's nothing happened on all of them, but I can see on some shirts, I'm like, that's going to wash out and it's going to look faded and it's going to look like crap. So I went home and washed it. Sure enough, it it doesn't look great so that one i need to tweak more um but i have some other ideas for some heloderma stuff that i think i might go that route instead i just haven't gotten around actually doing it um work's been stupid busy everything's been crazy right now uh and my energy level to really sit down and work on designs uh you know energy's been low time's been low so but I have this pariah shirt that I've I've been playing around with for a while, and you, finally, you mean Tremercerous? Sure, whatever. Apparently, that's that's the thing now. Is like I'm I'm upsetting people by not using proper nomenclature. Oh no, I I don't care. I just I just like bringing your stones. You know, I especially con- after the the rhino shirt, <laughs> the rhino shirt, and then there was the Condro Python shirt, which there was this one particular guy on Instagram who absolutely had a fit over the fact that I use Chondro Python really and not Morelia and he was like you need to you need to change it make it the proper nomenclature stop spreading misnomers wow and my simple reply to that was just no yeah no and then he messaged me before he commented saying wow you're not even using the right genus name and I was like really are you sure why do they call them chondros then like what i don't it's just like yeah yeah jesus man so that doesn't get the joke yeah i I mean whatever you know it's 
the, the yeah, block it, button's free, so I, yeah, I exactly. use that at my discretion. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel <laughs> Whatever, better, uh, if it makes you feel better, I posted a reel on Venom Exchange Radio's Instagram of me like taking out a brand new stiletto that I got, like setting it up, and somebody comments some. Peter person comments like why do you feel subjected to be a narcissist and keep these wild creatures for your own sick enjoyment and I, I look at the page and there's no picture there's no posts they're following one person and I was like yeah block and that's it yep just like that yeah I mean it's just that those types I just like to mess with them man like yeah you know you get upset over like the taxonomy thing like we talk about it a lot, you know. Yes, I don't believe Rhino should be in Ganyasoma at all. I don't feel like really anything other than Ganyasoma should be in Ganyasoma. Um, but it's not something that I like get worked up over. Yeah, you're not gonna lose like, sleep. It doesn't matter. Like that doesn't have any effect on how I'm keeping them. I think it's dumb, but that's the extent of my outrage. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's like, con- like, where do you think the term chondros came from, dude? Like, they, exactly. they just made it up. I don't exactly. Whatever. So that was fun. Um, and then I, you know, when I when I make this available, I'm I fully expect to get some pushback on that too. And I'm like, hey, like, don't buy it. I don't. I don't Look, care. Like, <laughs> I like I joke around, right? Some lay eggs, some don't. Get over it, you know. <laughs> I like Pariahs more, phonetically. Yeah, I, well, I, I actually like Tremerserus more. But if if it makes it easier to literally cut them in thirds, then go for it. You know what I mean? If you want to have 40 freaking different, you know, species, and you want to break them in half by some that lay eggs and some that don't, or some that live above the, you know, 30-second parallel, whatever, go for it. As long as we know what we're talking about, you know? Sean asked, where would I put rhinos? Right where they were the entire time. There you go. Monotypic. Oh, I thought you were going to say, in my house. Same, in my house. Same with Persinum. Like, in my house. Rhinkophis, all that stuff. Like, those were all fine. Yeah. So, I don't know, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Well, yeah. Taxonomy's fake anyways, people. Shut your mouth. COVID was just an excuse for them to change the batteries in the birds, and taxonomy is fake. <laughs> That's glorious. Uh, have you seen the whole thing on walking trees now? Now they're coming out with all these walking tree videos. And, like, um, I'm, you know you know about that? Like, these um, trees that move on their the own. The things from uh, damn Lord of the Rings. That, no, not, not that kind of walking tree. No, it's basically there's, I guess there's a weird phenomenon where the, the soil isn't, like, good enough, so the tree actually, like, moves itself and like there's a bunch of time lapse photos and like i totally believe it's it's real like i'm totally i'm with it but what people are doing is cities move too we have walking they're, cities they're, thanks yeah, ex- to earthquakes yeah exactly well what they're doing is they're taking like a logger like pulls a tree down and then you see the tree like get pulled into the woods but they put it in reverse so it looks like the tree is like coming out of the woods you know it, it's it's all instagram nonsense flat earthers are taking over <laughs> don't even get me started They've yes, dipped disappear. their balls in the Kool-Aid and everyone's now been poisoned. Uh, um, if you say that it was the box was supposed to be delivered, uh, check it and let me know if it says delivered and I'll go outside and check. 
and we can do an, un an unboxing video live. And then we can get to our other sponsors. <laughs> oh, go ahead and do that because I got to. Well, tonight's show, Snakes and Stogies, there's a whole, episode there's a whole process here. 169, brought to you by the Herpeticulture Network, is proudly sponsored by blackboxcages.com. If you need a cage, if you need a rack, if you need an enclosure of sorts, check out Blackbox, uh, the finest of craftsmanship, superior. And I do mean superior shipping and freight, the best packaged enclosure I've ever received. And I mean, like I've gotten cages on pallets before this, their pack job blows away anything I've gotten before. Everything comes ready to rock and roll. You want built in LEDs with dimmers and like light control, go for it. You want sections recessed for heat emitters, knock yourself out. You want a screen top? Hell yeah. You haven't decided if you want a screen top or not, and you don't know if you're going to stack it or you're going to put lamps. Well, guess what? They can cut you a piece of PVC that fits like a glove right inside of a slightly recessed screen. So you want to stack it? Stack it. You want to put lamps? Put lamps. Rock and roll. Blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Uh, use code TH. Is it THN or THP? I forget. Smitty? THN. THN at checkout. Get some taken off the top. Help you out with that shipping because Lord knows those boxes are big. And then after you've completed your online purchase with blackboxcages.com, go check out the fine people of the Pacific Northwest, the Gendra, the Puget Sound Pythons. Uh, they just posted a bunch of stupendous looking ball pythons, multiple morphs, multiple genders. Check it out constantly on the cutting edge of what's cool and happening with spectacular specimens um yeah puget sound pythons psp check them out facebook instagram all the jazz um tonight we are joined by our good friend from the great white north monsieur michael Galan. what is, what's up guys <laughs> guillaume Guillan. He's not in Quebec, but we like to make it sound like he is. <laughs> Scottish last name, not a not a yeah. French one. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. Is, but it, but everybody makes that. Michael Gellan. <laughs> so what did it say, Smitty? Is it there? Uh, it just says it's in the in the network, whatever whatever that means. I think the postal service is just like, yeah, it gets there when it gets there, dude. We're not going to actually tell you when you're going to get it. Yeah. I could so have I could have just sent you the tracking, but why would why not? Nah, it's no big deal. I'll, I'll give it a few minutes because it's just after nine. See if something magically shows up, and I'm sure everyone will hear Schnitzel, the wiener dog, go crazy if the doorbell rings. So, but what's up with you? He Mike? knows. Yeah, he knows. He knows what's up. What's no, up with you, Mike? Not much. Just well, I went on a herp trip a few years, a few uh, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. That was that was fun. Found lots of cool stuff over two nights. Then on cool. the collection wise, there's the gravid sand boa and that nice. female uh, canyon. This okay, cool. My my well, the male's my first snake I ever got. Female's the second snake I got. Awesome. They've had three years off now, so yeah, uh, I finally decided to put them back together, and she's getting pretty fat cool man that's great yeah and that uh female subak 
going into shed. Nice. Rub it in. Rub that salt in that wound, buddy. No, it's fine. It's fine. He did all the work. I'll, get the, I'll reap the benefits. <laughs> I, I reread the Dusty Rhodes book and realized that it's still breeding season. <laughs> awesome. So I, I've been throwing them together the past couple weeks. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Everybody else is uh, growing, and hopefully in a year or two, I'll have some other clutches of Kentucky Pines and Black Milks and stuff like that. Awesome. Maybe Mullendorf I in another few years hopefully nice nice they'll grow nice and slow man those the black milks have really piqued my interest after uh that ccr episode and you know phil talking about them and yeah i think sean's got some like i've never i've never milks have just never done a whole lot for me i had some hondurans as a kid and like hobby hondos or whatever and like yeah they were cool. They were just super spazzy. They freaking must constantly like just never seem to really like mellow out at all. Um, but then, you know, I hear about the, the blacks and how awesome they are. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not to... I'm not a milk guy either. I mean, I'm I'm King Snake through and through like King Snake till I die. But I do have a pair of Hondos from Vic that are incredible. And to be honest, the only other milks that really get me excited are, are the blacks. That's it, man. They're just, they're like the Andeans are nice too. Yeah, for sure. But that's gonna, good luck getting that. And oof. Yeah. So, <sighs> what else? See, Anna Maria said those black box cages make made it easy through the move. No problem. Easy to carry and easy to transport. There you go. There's a testimonial if I've ever heard one. <laughs> they are, I mean, legitimately, like in terms of like, moving them and stuff like they're not crazy heavy no the cages aren't anything that's like a three-man job or anything like that like that was one thing that i was surprised by at first was like i can move these by myself and they don't weigh half as much as i do which is a lot uh you know they're manageable and yeah the um the uh cages i have are extremely light and anna maria helped me schlep them so she knows what's up firsthand everything went swimmingly yeah yeah i didn't know if you wanted to dive into that or if you want to touch base on it later or whatever um i mean we can touch on a little bit i was basically like more so curious because i mean you talked about it briefly on the latest venom exchange episode which everyone should go and listen to yeah, the machine every trip. episode. Check them out. Um, like, was there anything, even if it wasn't necessarily this move, but previous moves, that something came up that you hadn't thought of prior that you were like, okay, next time I'm doing this differently? Yeah, and I had a, uh, and again, we'll talk more later in the show, whatever, but I had a fantastic idea that on paper sounded really, really good but in actuality proved out to be more of a hassle than, than not. So one of my ideas was, cause you know, with venomous, you have to container the animal, right. And then put that container inside of another container and then mark and lock and all that. And we, we can talk more about that later, but one of my ideas was I'm going to get a really big, like four or five foot long tote, right? Whatever the width of my, the backseat of my SUV is. 
And then what I can do is some of the smaller stuff, like some of the uh, baby rock rattlesnakes and the stiletto snakes and pygmy rattlesnakes I have in small um, uh, container store gasket tubs. I can literally, I'll just, I'll take their water bowl out so it doesn't smush them in transit. And I'll literally put their entire enclosure in this big tote. And then I can transport, you know, six or eight of their enti- them in their enclosures, right? And it, it worked like a son of a gun. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it is way too large and cumbersome. And it, let's say I was going to, in my mind, put 10. Well, no, I only got six. And that means I have to do two or three more trips with my SUV to do what could have been one trip if I had just deli or bagged them. So... If you have a way, if you have smaller animals in their own self-contained containers, yeah, it would make total sense to get a bigger transport tub and just put their whole their whole enclosure in there. Yeah. But if you're by yourself, good luck, man. You know, I had to have someone carry because it's so long you can't pick it up by yourself. I don't have the wingspan. You know what I mean? And yeah, it has wheels on one side, but then you got to tilt the thing up at an angle, and it's rolling, and everything's vibrating and knocking over. And so yeah, it was it was a great idea, and it did work. But if I was by myself, I would have been screwed. And at the same time, it probably would have been easier, maybe not as safe, but definitely easier to just bag and deli small and then Mm -hmm. put all of them into a normal container like i did for all the other animals so yeah i think that's when i ended up moving when i had all the crashes and stuff i ended up doing something like that where i just took all the you know the small shoebox size tubs that they were in and just stacking them in a bigger tub you know and right that worked fine if you i didn't have a tub that fit exactly like three or four rows of tubs so there was like a solid quarter or third of the tub that was just empty. So there was a lot of room for stuff to just like freaking flop around and get everything, you know, like tubs didn't stay together during the move. Right. Know. It was just across town, but still everything was just like, you know, sliding around and kind of surprised it didn't lose a bunch of tails on that one. But yeah, yeah, it's, it was a pain moving period sucks. Like even if you have a small collection, I've come to, like I hate having to move the collection. It's not yeah. I think I have more now than I did then, but I remember just moved across town when I had the cresses and stuff. I was like, this just sucks. Like Yeah. Didn't it's have anybody brutal. in the back to keep the tubs from moving around. Had a couple tubs like, you know, with the you know, adult geckos in it, you know, falling over and just super frustrating. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sucks. A uh, couple a uh, couple road transport tips. Something that I learned the hard way. If you're going to be using your personal vehicle, whether it be a car or truck or SUV, you know, your daily daily driver, and you're going to put enclosures in your back seat, and you're not going to fold the seats down, make sure you buckle the seatbelts around the enclosure or buckle them beforehand. Otherwise, you're going to hear bing, 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 bing the entire drive there oh my freaking god subaru i hate you because of and your, safety your seatbelt dinging because <laughs> it thinks there's someone sitting in the back seat and it, it just it oh god and i kept forgetting every every single time i would take a trip with like cages in the back seat it would ding and i'm like i thought i was going to do it i kept telling myself don't forget to click the seatbelt don't forget See, to i can ignore belt. it i don't know maybe it's because oh, no, dude, of, like, the, the kazoo factory and stuff and hearing kazoos literally all day every day that i just like i can tune that stuff out it doesn't doesn't bother me 
Yeah, and the worst part is in the Subaru, it gets louder. Like it obviously it hits <laughs> it, it hits a it hits a point, you know, but like it starts off like ding, ding, ding. And then like the minute you leave your neighborhood, ding, 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 ding. Oh, it's it's atrocious. It turns into a scream. Yeah. 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 Oh man. I'm glad everything is went swimmingly and you didn't have any major major hiccups. Yeah, for sure. I will say this. I um for those who didn't listen to Venom Exchange Radio, um, I actually had two stilettos pass away before the move, and which I thought was absolutely wild. And it just goes to show you that I, I really think I, I jump started their metabolism. And these are the two that I watched eat. So it's like maybe I got, gave them nutrients, you know, a little too late, or, or yeah, or I sparked that metabolism and I just didn't follow through, you know. Um, but it just goes to show you keep an eye on things and, and don't just because it ate doesn't mean that everything is, you know, kosher, so to speak. Pay attention and, and, and be mindful. And yeah, so just my, my PSA for the show serves you right for trying and caring. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh, geez. The nerve. Yeah. Ugh. What are so you? It, what are you smoking? So, because this is my first show ever in this house, we are smoking. Oh, did we ball out? The Monte Cristo Open Master from Habana, Cuba. Oh, it's a little guy. It's like a little. Uh, it's like a little, little guy. Robusto. Robusto, but yeah, um, smells phenomenal. Um, I actually, t- I have two of them. I put them in my my like uh, the little the little pelican that I bring to Daytona with me, the one with the gecko on it. I put them in there, and I hadn't opened it since before the move. And I go to open, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke that open master, right?" And I crack it open, and the aroma of just these two sticks just boom flies up out of there. So very excited. And yourself, sir. Face Roma Craft Aquitaine. Nice. One of the goats. Uh, and then I have, so my cousin had a baby shower over the weekend, uh, and cool. my uncle went and got, I guess, Raj gave him a deal on a, just a bunch of random cigars, mostly stuff that doesn't sell because I saw what was in the box. Um, and some of these, he had like a couple of these Stillwell stars from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, which kind of made me giggle because Steve Saka, who owns Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, was like hyping this up this line hardcore before it got released like this is gonna change cigars like this is gonna ruffle a lot of feathers because we're doing something we shouldn't like all this stuff about how like how the the tsunami of waves this cigar was gonna make in the industry and it came out and it fell so flat oh man and it's because so this line has there's like four different blends in this line each one has a different kind of pipe tobacco in it okay um, so there's this is the one with navy flake. There was one with English, like an English blend, uh, one Cavendish, and then one with a like a Perique. Um, so each one very different from the last. But the problem is, is like most pipe guys don't really like serious pipe guys don't really smoke cigars. Most serious cigar people don't really yeah. smoke pipes that much. So you were kind of like appealing to no one in particular. None of them were bad by any means. I think these were like $16 a stick, which I thought was a little funny because it's like, dude, you're really swinging for the fences on that one. Um, oh, yeah. 
none of them were bad by any means, but definitely if someone like I kind of grabbed these from the baby shower before I left because I was like, I know y'all are going to grab these, light them up and be like, what the hell is this? This is gross and throw it away. So I was like, I'll take it and give it a good home. Um, so I have this one sort of on deck. Uh, I don't know. It's just kind of funny because they were there's so much hype around these uh, and then they came out and the first like two or three weeks they sold okay and then they just came to a screeching halt like most cigars like new cigars come out you know they get hyped up a lot people go crazy and buy a ton of them and then all of a sudden everyone sort of realizes that they're really not anything that special and they just die like right there on the shelf yeah flat line and, what uh, was that? Uh, what was that? That Drew Estate that I still never got one. The the one from last year that was all crazy hype, and there's only 200 ever made. And I want to say it's like H59, but I know that's oh the H99s. H99. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a good. Like, that is a great cigar. It's a very good cigar. The problem is, is Drew Estate teased it for like three years. That's what it was. Never yeah. released. Like, could, didn't have. Basically, didn't have the the inventory to release it on any large scale but kept telling everybody oh you got a new league coming got a new league coming you're gonna yeah. like it a lot you're gonna like it a lot and everyone got super excited about it because they were like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting they oversold it like in the advertising and stuff and then people got it and they're like this is it like this is what we've been waiting for you know so yeah it's the same with the anniversary um they had a, like a 10-year anniversary one which I honestly it's like twenty five dollars a stick and it's 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 okay. I didn't think it was all that great. I still like everything goes back to T fifty twos and number nines, man. Yeah, like, for sure. All the Unico series stuff, so like Ratzillas, Velvet Rats, um, Flying Pigs, which that's a, a size and cigar. I really just anytime they do Flying Pigs and anything, I'm just not into it. I don't I don't get it. I've only um, had like three ever, and I'm with you. They do it on all the other lines, like the Undercrowns and stuff too, and I'm like I. It's like a nub. It's like, cool, I get through half of it, and yeah. then it gets too hot for me to even bother smoking. <clears throat> exactly. Um, and then I'm still paying $20 for it, so it's like, why? Uh, yeah. So everything for me with Leah just keeps going back to, is it better than a T52 or a number nine? The answer is most of the time, no. Yeah. H99 is very good. You know, I don't have any issues with it. It is a little more expensive. It's like, you know, two or three bucks more than a regular nine or T52, but... Um, you know, it's just like it's there's a reason T52s and number nines have been around as long as they have. Like they're, exactly their time has has tested them and they've stood. So, yeah, man, tried and true. That's right. I do like Velvet Rats. I'm not crazy about Ratzillas. You're the Rat to me was a major disappointment that came out last year, the year before last. Everyone was super excited about those. And, you know, they only made so many boxes of them and they were really hard to get a hold of. And like. People were wanting them like crazy, and I smoked a few of them. And I'm like, these are really not. These are for. They were horrible, frankly. Like I did not like them. I smoked it multiple times. The rep gave me some, and we had an event. So I was like, I just, you know, if I'll if I'm given one, I'll smoke it, no problem. But if I'm gonna spend twenty dollars on a cigar, it's it's ain't gonna be that. Gonna be a, a Corona Doble number nine or T fifty two. You know. Yeah. It just yeah for sure. But everyone wanted those. We really had people buying full boxes of those year of the rats and i'm like that's 300 bucks you ain't getting back like yeah you're gonna be disappointed you know and i, I tell people flat out they're like is this any good and i'll be like no <laughs> same with those pappy van weekles man pappy I like know, Drew State had the pappy van weekle stuff 
I know. And those, I still, I had guys come in because those were like $18 a smoke. And that was people, red label or black label? Not the red. Okay, the gold, golden black, whatever it was. Yeah. Really one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, crazy money. You know, yeah, they were like, they were like they, 30 bucks by me. That was, yeah, that was like the higher end ones. And I think I still smoked one or two of those. And I was like, I, I don't get it. But yeah, the regular, like the, the regular the red, production red tabbies, um, you know, people come in and I, you know, I didn't lie to people when people were like, is this any good? I'd straight up tell them like, if you're going to spend that much money, go buy, you know, I'd show them Roma craft and be like, go buy two of these instead, dude. You're going to like this way yeah. more. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to lie to people. That doesn't bring people back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, what about you, Mike? Are you indulging in an, an adult vice tonight? Yeah, just some Corona. Hey, it. man, it's the way to do it. Yeah, that's it. Take whatever's left in the fridge from the weekend. <laughs> uh, I uh, my fiance is uh, part Cuban, and she's changed my world by putting lime and salt on the Corona bottle. And you got to do it if you don't. You gotta that's have just, it on on gotta, ice as well. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. It's gotta be. So, uh, anything else, anything new with the with the collection at all, other than the losses there? What me or Mike? I mean both. You in particular. You know, you, <laughs> you got any you got anything coming at all, or any changes being made? Or are you no. just kind of everything's on hold until you sort of figure out the the next? Yeah, uh, I'm not. I've got cages in Vivaria to redo um everything's set up in their house you know um the only thing that's not is my gila monster was in this really badass fish tank enclosure with excavator clay and all these fake cactus and everything and i realized that there's no space for that enclosure and it's one of these old old like half inch thick glass aquariums from the 1960s and the thing takes like five people to move when it's empty let alone filled with rock and sand bulletproof glass That's yeah why. so uh i told my old roommate i was like hey man like you want me to you know you want to just help me ditch it we'll we'll get like two or three friends and we'll just dumpster it he's like no no because he works underground he's like i'll have one of the other one some of the guys from underground come pick it up because somebody's gonna want it for something you know because it's a good tank you know and uh but now i have her temporarily in a very large tub with sand just because i want to i'm probably going to take a three-foot vision and just do what i did in that tank in a three-foot vision but i gotta buy new excavator clay i gotta wash off all the decor and you know dead cactuses and all that and redo it but other than that man everything is a uh, status quo so michael yourself yeah well i got uh since the last time i was on i got the pair of subox from justin and nice. that uh that baby female lamalta and she's yeah. he's looking really nice now Awesome. Like you can already start seeing the little bit of uh, red or orange coming through, but she's mm -hmm. turning blue or the silver. So it's uh, you should have you should have paired the Loma Altas again this year because yeah, I definitely need yeah. another. I had people message me recently. They're like, "Are you are you gonna have any more of those?" And I'm like, "No. I mean, I'm gonna have head hypos because I paired that same female to my larger of the two hypo males because I really want to sort of." That's sort of the base of a project that I'm kind of wanting to sort of pursue long term is like how well, like how how pearly can I make hypos look with that Loma Alta, you know, 
blood in the works there. Um, yeah. So I'm going to produce a bunch of hats. Uh, and then I don't, I don't know yet if I'm going to give the female next year off or not. Um, that's a decision I'll make come closer to the season, but right now I'm feeling like I probably will, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know. They're, uh, it's hard not to, man, because those Lomas, like every, like everything that came out of that Loma clutch was just like you can tell they're just gonna be just awesome snakes. You know? Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know Casey Lazic had a few or a couple a clutch or two last year, I think, on Morph Market. So I was like debating seeing if I could get a friend to drive down that has their import export to go and pick them up, but I never did. Nice. I should have. <laughs> like, nice would it be? Would it if you did that? Like, say you went to a, a show in, you know, in in Washington or Oregon or something, and bought stuff, and you came back. Like, what's the process of declaring that once you get to the border? Like, is it- it's hard to say because I've heard people that go down and buy fish in Washington, and I think as long as they're non cites you just have to kind of say what they are. But I think with hmm. reptiles, it'd probably be safer to like. If you have your import export for like the non sighty stuff, I believe you just have to give like 24 hours in advance for the okay. inspection. And then you could theoretically go and bring back anything as long mm. as you have the permit. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm not sure if I would want to do it myself, but I, I have at least one friend that does. Or like, worst yeah. case, you get them to ship it out to. New York and up and back and over, which is kind mm-hmm. of annoying because yeah. it's like you're you're right there, and it gives the animal two days in transport that it wouldn't otherwise need to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a learning experience. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad I did it. You know, I don't have any regrets. I'd do it again. But now that I know what to expect more, because you know, you kind of send it to New York and then you don't hear anything and i emailed them saying like hey did everything make it there okay and they're like oh we don't know we don't open the box and i'm like okay so if something happens to it from the time it leaves my house and gets to to gillen's like if it dies like what who's at fault like i it was alive when i put it in the box and it was in perfect health so it's like i i don't know it was it was a little uh a little nerve wracking because I was. So like, now, so Justin, did you did you actually export it to Canada, or you used a broker who happened to be in New York? I assume it would be considered a brokerage. Yeah, okay. it's one of the well, both main shipping companies up here do it now. Uh, the one I've been using is not the one I'm actually like. I've used them and I've had no issues with them, but I actually have one of the guys that comes out to shows here. He has. Probably one of the se- I want to say the second biggest reptile pet store in Canada, just because there's one in Ontario that's even bigger. But his is in downtown Toronto. He does the Reptile Runners, which is actually the cheaper version, and it's not the Reptile Express, which is like one letter off from your guys's Reptiles Express. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, so I maybe- thought they were somehow like related and like i thought maybe mike who owns reptiles express here in georgia like in georgia you know had some sort of hand on that and it wasn't until because the logos were very similar like their color scheme is the same that purple and green the same like theme colors for their logo oh, yeah. so i was like oh you know mike mike set it up you know whatever and it wasn't until i got emails from them that i was like wait a second like these 
that's not Mike. That's not anybody from Reptiles Express. It's like, what's going on? And then I finally sort of did some digging and I was like, oh, okay, completely different. You know, just, yeah, not the same. Yeah, I haven't had an issue with it yet. I've done it, I did it twice before then. And because I got the other pair of Subox and that one Kentucky Pine from Rob Nimmo, both two two years in a row from Daytona. And that was, yeah, it, <clears throat> I need to make it down to Daytona first of all. That'd be, it's yeah. only to do that. I, just, I you need got to, time, man. What do we got? What yeah. are we at? 39, 39 days now? 38 <laughs> days? Yeah, I, I could. <laughs> gonna blink and it'll be here man yeah i really yeah. want to meet trumbauer that'd be cool dude that table's just crazy because you have you have howie sherman trumbauer and tony d and and yeah. rob rob nimmo is usually right beside uh uh trumbauer as well yeah so, yeah it's all just right there hanging out and they're like the most chillest down-to-earth dudes man they're just like i love it <laughs> Sign my Baird's rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. That's it, I, it'd be cool to pick up some of those because doesn't Craig breed some of those like otter locality Baird's like Davis Mountain stuff and whatnot? Uh, I don't know what he's if he does currently. Um, he has the it's another albino that comes from that side of the, the range. Um, which is supposed to be separate from the Eastern range stuff, which is like what originally all the, the hypo and albino stuff came from. Um, and I picked up a hat from him last year of that newer, the, the new albino. Um, and they do look, they do look a little different. Um, they definitely seem to have more sort of pattern to them than I like with the, the Eastern range hypos. You, it seems like they get a little more uniform, kind of like the Eastern range stuff in general, like the Lomas have, very little pattern and more just the solid color um, where, you know, conversely the Western range stuff, your Davis mountains and whatever, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, they have more of that pattern. They retain more of it. And it's not all just like the colors, just, it's just colored, you know, it's just the silver and the orange. Like you get on the East side, on the West side, it's much more, I don't want to sort of say uglier, uh, but different, you know, it's, it retains a lot of that, that saddles and the stripes and, I find the yellows and stuff for it's much more of a hay color to them. You know, they're a little muddier, um, just more not as flashy. But it'll be interesting to see if uh, a if those. I don't know if he's found out if you can breed those two albinos together. You know, if they're compatible or not um, genetically. I'm sure he has. I haven't really asked him about it, and I need to. But I got it just to kind of throw into the mix down the road and see what happens. But. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he didn't have a ton of Bairds last year. I don't think he had a ton of Bairds the year before, but he seems to consistently have at least some. So, yeah, I mess I messaged him once because I I was curious on if he had the backstory of the the Wild Rose Pass stuff, and turns out it's actually in the book in the last chapter, <laughs> the chapter that I probably read like twice, but like. Every time you go back to read his book, you always kind of go to the first couple and you, and you read the good stories that you know, but then you never really fully read the book again. And it was like, oh, shit, like, I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> well, it's crazy you mentioned that because, you know, I've honestly been on a sub kick and I feel like although I've been kicked when I was down many times with that with that species, I'm ready to, to try again. I still got one boy who's an uh, uh, um 
anery boy who's doing awesome, but I boxed up all my books and everything. Like my books were the first thing to get boxed up and I put them all in airtight totes with silica packs. Cause <laughs> I, I just, I don't trust Florida humidity and I didn't know if they were going in a garage or in a warehouse right. or what, cause I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And, uh, and then I'm after moving everything, I'm like, man, look at these subock, man. Like I gotta, I got, I never finished the book. You know, like you said, you read excerpts out of it. You read certain sections. I never read it cover to cover and don't tell dusty that, but I forgot that I got my fiance a copy like last year because she was kind of into it too. And it's on her bookshelf. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm eager to read her copy now because <laughs> Lord knows where mine is. It still just cracks me up that I got that book just for the Baird section, which is like all of, you know, six pages. And it's a good like, section though. <laughs> it is a good section. And I just like, I remember I started reading it cause I was like, all right, I'll read the whole thing. Like, to me, it's kind of weird to buy a book just for one section and only that, you know, so I ended up reading the whole thing. And by the end of it, I was like, I got to get some of these fucking things. Like, I was sold. I was like, these are cool. Because uh, I always I think... got them sort of mixed up with Texas rats, like leucistic Texas rats. And was like, why would you want to keep those? All they do is bite and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. I was like, wait a second. These are not the same. Yeah, it would not shock me if at some point, like, in the early to mid 2000s there was a lot of those mixed up because i feel like that was when the bug-eyed leucistics were really like a thing and everyone was going crazy making you know the biggest eyes the bluest eyes the whitest snakes and i have a feeling that people did mix that up which kind of led to guys like us kind of like eh, it's not my thing you know i remember going to shows and the only the only rat snakes that were really prevalent were corns and those bug-eyed lucies that was it. So, Phil, do you got the uh, Craig's book? No, I don't. I don't have any of them. I got to. Uh, yeah, I, gotta I need them. them. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that, that's one. That's of the books like I my plan favorite on. book to read out of Hurt books because oh, really? it's like one that just the stories. Oh yeah, like it, like yeah. you feel like you're there because Craig's just such a good talker, like person with words, basically, right? He's a good storyteller. So it's sure, sure, really, really cool, like. If if I had ever had kids, it would be like that's the book they're getting to bedtime stories to kind of yeah. thing. And that's uh that's for sure something I plan on buying this Daytona is getting at least a set of it's two volumes, right? One and There's two. There's two, yeah. but the second one I can't haven't found any in like two years. Okay, uh, so I know he always looking. he always sells at least those two. I think there's another book he wrote that's that's herp related. Um, but I would definitely want to get a set. I want to have them signed by him because I mean, he's, who who knows if he's going to keep doing it next year, or the year after, you know? Yeah, so. I think the uh, original ones, at least the one I have, is signed by him. So maybe he signed them all. I'm not sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah Chris so and I, I want to get him on Corn Stars really bad because I'm I'm really itching to just talk to him about the Hunt Club. Yeah. Like then you got to talk to him on THP or on here and uh, chat chat about Subox and Bears and West yeah. Texas and you yeah. you you could probably have. I think like I I don't want to. Like Eric's episodes with him were good, but he it almost seemed like he kind of, they didn't really go deep into some of the questions. Like sure. he kind of he kind yeah. of just did two episodes that were pretty similar, just like and basically explaining his book almost. If you've read his book, mm -hmm. like a lot of those stories are in it. So well, I feel like maybe if we can ask some different questions, it would, it yeah. would be really really good. Yeah, and I was gonna say is I know that they had him on majority for just herping in general. 
Well, as I feel like if we were going to have him on, it would be more about like species specific stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like the stories are good. Don't get me wrong. But if you read his book, they're, they're some of the same stories. So it's, yeah, it'd be either way. It'd be cool. I'm sure you guys would do it different. Not that yeah. Eric does it bad because no, Eric's right. still the pod father. So. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I felt like I had way more questions coming out of those episodes than I did going in. You know, exactly. Like, a lot of it was like, for me, the history of, of stuff, like what was it like at the hunt club in its heyday? You know, that kind of thing. Like what, you know, paint me a picture. Damn it. Yeah, Bob, yeah. Bob Ross the hell out of it. Happy you know? trees. Happy, happy trees. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, I'm going to mute myself for a second and go check and see the front door if there's a box there. Why is the dog freaking out? No, but it's been 40 oh. minutes, so why not? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put money on the fact that it probably isn't because it's the postal service. Why is Phil's avatar my avatar? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? Why does he have a Barrett's? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, maybe one day I'll come back to, to the Subox thing. That was another, that was like the Brettles for me. It was a tough, tough call to make, but it was one of those things where it's like, I just don't, in the grand scheme of what I got going on and what I have plans with, you know, it was just like, that was a sort yeah. of a non-essential thing. And, um, you know, yeah. if I end up getting more space and stuff, then I definitely would like to at least have another pair of them again. But those, what man, the Wild Rose Pass stuff, in my opinion, is the nicest locality of, of Subox. Oh, yeah. Like I have yet to see a suboc locality that that really made me stop and stare like those wild rose passed in because especially when they shed and you get those those like white dashes in the H's. Oh yeah. But they're like almost like a blue. Like it's it's it was wild. I like the I like how like half their like what normally would be like black, I guess, on like a normal suboc. Like half their back, half of their saddles are like burgundy and you even mm-hmm. got some reds coming through too. Like it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Th- we didn't go there when we were out that way. Actually, I think you did because oh, no. it's, it's, yeah. it's that it's that highway on the way to Boy Scout we Road. Did. So it's it's we, yes. like in the book he talks about it. I'm not sure if it was exact or whatnot, but it sounds like they always. Whenever you ask him and Rob, they always say it's it's close to Boy Scout Road. So I'm assuming that means it's like a close cut to turning onto Boy Scout Road or something. Mm-hmm. We were definitely in the vicinity because I think there was this little sort of rest stop area we stopped at while we were cruising one night. Um, Cause there was, you know, a bunch of huge rocks and stuff at this stop. We were like, we got to go look around there. Cause you know, Hey, there was no one out there at the time. Of course we, we stopped there and then five minutes behind us, there's a, you know, the group that we saw pretty much collecting, everything they saw and they had, they found a, um, a rock rattler. And that was like the only one we saw the trip and it was in a bucket. And they, you know, they, I think they found it actually like not far from where we were at that point. Like they had been in the same area, uh, you know, hour or so before that. And that's where they found that, that lap. So that was kind of a bummer, but, it was also like the middle of the night. So without daylight, it was kind of hard to tell exactly what was going on and what was around and stuff like that. Kind of wish I had seen it during the day, but it's weird how you don't get a whole lot of context for places like that when it's like pitch black, like 
I wouldn't recognize the cuts we were on during the day, but like we were there the night before because Raw would be like, oh yeah, this is the cut that we were seeing, you know, this, that, and I'm like, it was way bigger last night when we were looking at it. Like, oh yeah, I don't know. It's just strange. Like when it's when it's pitch black out and you only see so much. Yeah, that's like that's like me when I'm road cruising up where we are in the Okanagan and. Jay, Jay's like I, I don't I don't know we're, we were over here right it's like no we were we were way over there <laughs> yeah it's always we were fun. 15 miles back that way <laughs> yeah that's the that's the wrong road <laughs> you guys look like you did pretty well though oh yeah we got seven rubber boas over the two nights uh only a couple nor packs but I mm-hmm. think it was just sometimes it's hit and miss like we've had our first night ever out there we found i want to say like seven or eight like they were just all over the road and then last year in the spring when we went it was all the babies like like you, you don't realize how small baby uh, uh norpacks are mm-hmm. until like you think oh yeah that like foot long thing that must be like a last year's baby no 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 no, no. it's the corn snakes baby almost size wow rattlesnake because like i guess the at like we the first one we ever saw was like a huge male norpak that was probably like four feet at least but like all the other ones you find that are probably older adults they're only a couple feet let me see i'm pulling up the pictures right now yeah I i didn't take too many pictures but jay took a bunch so <laughs> no joy phil oh there's joy with this cuban no 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 box i even walked all the way down to the street and went to the mailbox nothing damn damn it i'll still do the unboxing you know tomorrow whenever and then yeah we yeah, so that one right there. So we were on the on one of the lakes there and just we we're just chatting and then all of a sudden we noticed the garter snake swimming right in front of us. And that was that was pretty cool cuz we How we cold just, is the water up there right now? Uh like it, that's that's like the hottest part of the province where you where everybody goes to vacation and wineries and stuff, but uh okay. it's still like the water itself is obviously a little chilly. Kinda, I don't know. People go swimming. I don't. I don't really go swimming that much. Scenery, though. <laughs> oh yeah, it was cool. I, I'm pretty sure you saw the video I posted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was. Yeah, that road in the background is one of the roads we kind of is basically where we found that big uh, gopher on one of the okay. nights. But yeah, that the the whole scenery in the place is really cool. We weren't really herping too much in that area, but it was a good spot. Like there's turtles in that. Turtles, actually, native turtles in almost <laughs> all of those lakes. Like not red-eared sliders. Yeah, because right here in the Lower Mainland, there's tons of red-eared sliders in almost every body of water. Yeah, I went on a death march on that that hike. Yeah, there's I think that was a shed from a Norpak. Kind of like a de- den right on the side of the road, almost. Uh, you wouldn't even notice what you wouldn't even know it was there unless you stopped and walked around. Yeah, 
first I think that was the first rubber boa that night. It was Andrew Needham. He has some he posts some really cool pictures. Uh we were out with him. You guys should follow him on uh Instagram. He has lots of cool stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's a nice that tail. pack. Oh yeah, they're and they 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 always have like a greenish tinge to their color. And some of them even have a bit of pink. It's really cool. And that one wasn't even that big. Like he looks bigger in the pictures, but he, yeah, that was only like a two foot animal, probably two, three mm-hmm. years old. Yeah, it blends in with the stone. Perfect. Oh yeah. Right right on the side of the road. Now is that is that gravel dirt that we're looking at, is that on the side of the road is like a shoulder or is that naturally that's what it looks uh, like naturally? It's kinda side oh. that's like like that's the pavement that it's basically on and then yeah, that's like the little tiny shoulder. Not even that much of a shoulder. <laughs> little of this, little of that. Yeah. 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 Overgrown shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like usually by then, like a lot of the grass and stuff is dead, but it was like there's a lot of greenery still. So I think they got a bit more rain sporadically to keep the area a bit more green. Yeah, another rubber boa. Yeah, we we found the some good roads for them. Like we found, always find a couple in the more desert area. Which is still kind of weird, but we do. And then, but then up in the hills, we'll find uh, them just cro- cruising the road, even if it's three in the morning. Like they're just up all night, kind of thing. Do you? I mean, are they consistently like? Is this the the size that you find them the most? I think that's like more of like a. I want to say like either adult male to j- juvenile size, and we even find babies. It's kind of harder to find like the really big ones, but the first one I found was huge. Like it was probably a two foot female, but. Most of them you find are that smaller size. So it's kind of, yeah. Either way, they're pretty cool to find because they're super smooth. And yeah, if I if I could keep any native species, it would definitely be them. They'd be and, cool to see, man. Like, that's a species I'd love to see. Oh, yeah. yeah. They also move way quicker than you think. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. When you, when you get spook them, accidentally spook them a little, they'll, they'll run. Uh, there's the wanker shots. Nice. I think they're technically protected, so technically shouldn't be touching them. But yeah, that that was my question: is you can't field collect, can you? No, no, no. Technically no, no. saving them from being roadkill. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, we're not allowed to do any native stuff. Wow. But yeah, the garter snakes we found. We found lots in that. Like, I guess there was probably some green areas with probably some little streams and stuff but yeah we found garters out in the middle of the sh- the sagebrush which is cool like a lot Wait, too are those are those like herefordshire cows in the background oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the uh because it's all uh, it's like a protected area but i guess they use the cows to keep keep some of the stuff down and still use it as a ranch a little bit nice nice oh look at that Man, I love these like behind the scenes photos. They're like they're my favorite. They 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 help tell the story of the trip, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I never really never really thought about doing them, but then yeah. You gotta you gotta do it, man. And I I I feel like if you're with a group of say four or five people and everyone's focused on the snake or the frog or the toad, and you're you're everyone's taking pictures, no one's capturing that moment too. So like I've been on herb trips and like I've selfied myself while everyone else is taking pictures of the snake, <laughs> you know, just to kind of remember the, the, the ex- escapade, excuse me. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's it's always fun. Yeah, we yeah we did see quite a few see, turtles. Oh, we saw some uh, of the Pacific tree frogs up in the top of the oh nice road we were going because there's there's still a stream going by for whatever reason. I think we found a dead long toe salamander up there at one point too. Oh, look yeah, that was, that was a really nice one we found. That's but, yeah, awesome. found amphibians out, which was cool. weren't expecting those. <laughs> yeah, man. And spadefoots too. We didn't take any pictures, but yeah, they were they were out. We saw them. It's so crazy they go all the way up there. Oh yeah, I mean, I've, I've got spadefoots by me, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, Kentucky pine. One of them. One of them Kentucky pines. They they it's hate me. Looking animal. <laughs> the the two I got from the guy that bred them up here, they do not like me whatsoever. But the. Well, the one I got from Rob, that thing is beautiful, and it and you can actually pick it up whenever you want. That's great. Look at that, Phil. Oh, look at that animal. I, I think that's... Is that's that... a female? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard to tell, because in the video, they all kind of look the same size. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, look at those saddles with the white in there. I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were while you were gone, we were talking about that, like... Um, like when they shed that white is is literally like a like a sky blue almost it's it's wild yeah and i think the the only other snake in my mind and maybe it's cuz you know i've i've kept both of them whatever the only other snake that comes to mind that has that dark saddling with the white that pops like a white border is clobberi the the banded rock rattlesnakes and especially some of the um uh, new mexico stuff man like it, it and it just it I, obviously it's not necessarily convergent evolution but i feel like both both species like got the right idea you know what i mean of putting that white accent in that dark black oh yeah oh great man i'm so happy you got those things man yeah they're really cool i'm i'm glad i got them now i got 2.2 so hopefully you can spice up well they're probably yeah. all from the same sounded like trumbauer collected a few animals and actually like they I don't know from Rob. He was like, "Oh, they only like Trumbauer got one, and Jerry Salmon got one." But then it also sounded like Trumbauer might have collected several. So I don't know. Either way, it's cool, and for for what it is, I I, I like to believe that the lineage is true because Trumbauer seems like a decent guy. So yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, I've had a handful of people ask me, like I don't know, two or three for whatever reason recently within the last like two months or so, like where, you know, who should I get red zeps from? And I'm like, and to my opinion, you shouldn't get red zeps from anybody other than Trumbauer or like the Holy Trinity. Like those are the guys that made it happen. You know, it's like, exactly. There are some other people that I, you know, I wouldn't not get them from, but if I was looking for like verified, for sure, red zip line corns. Like I'd go straight to those guys. You know. Yeah, if I were to ever get corns, it'd have to be either Okatee Hunt Club locality or or your stuff. Because like I, you like how that your your stuff's cool because it has that like it's not Okatee, but it's kind of Okatee, right. right? It's still Okatee South Carolina, yeah. exactly. So it's kind of like a cooler story to say, but, but nothing beats those those line bred red okatees that you mm -hmm. that you see as adults oh yeah i'm i'm supposed to be getting a pair of spring islands soon which i'm super excited about because in my opinion that's 
in terms of like serious localities. Uh, those those beat the the hunt club stuff by a mile. And I mean, uh, ironically enough, you know that's all of a you know 15, 10 minute drive distance you know between the hunt club and, and spring island itself so i don't know if i sent you pictures of the adults of those but i'll have to shoot them over to you at some point because they're just like ri- just ridiculous just yeah the, 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 those insane so... yeah phil have you uh since you're closer to the glades are you gonna pick up some more everglades rats and try that project again well so i have spent the so how do i phrase this <laughs> The saga of Phil and the <laughs> I know. All right. So my birthday is in a couple days, and I will be old, and that is annoying to me. But it allows me to reminisce of many, many moons ago when we would find three or four Everglades in a night. And at the time, I was like, yeah, rattlesnakes, yeah, cobras. Like, I don't care about rat snakes. And like, yeah, I've got a pet corn snake, but what would you do? It's a corn snake. I'm like, oh, young Phil, you were so foolish. And now I have a beautiful Everglades from my Kosicki. And then he is also getting me a male that he produced uh, almost two years ago. So I'll be actually picking up a boyfriend for the girl in Daytona. He's going he's gonna to give it to me then. And I'm so excited to to have a pair again, right? But I've spent a lot of time in the past two years looking for these freaking rat snakes. And I just keep coming up empty-handed. Now, where I am now is actually farther away from where the Glades rats are. However, I will be closer to cottonmouths and some of the banded erodia and rough green snakes and diamondbacks so i'm i'm okay with that more pygmies or still farther away from pygmies uh equal distance and 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 my fiance actually lives closer to where my pygmy spots are so but i in terms of pygmies i love seeing them in the wild i will always go look at them in the wild but i've got uh 1.2 right now and one of them is uh striped so I'm going to hold off on pigs for at least two or three years. I'm probably going to pair the striped one next year. Uh, when I got her, she was like super duper obese. So I've been kind of leaning her out a little bit um, and then try my luck with that. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I basically gave up on trying to find my glaze rats and my has been a godsend. <laughs> it's once you give up on looking that they will appear. Oh, of course, of course. And I don't know if I told you, but like, I got a, uh, an anery corn snake kick right now. And one of the spots that's by where my pygmies are is known for wild anery corns. Is uh, it the spot that we all know? I mean, I don't know. what What's the spot? Or, or like the, uh, the one that Roddy and that talk about that all the other anneries usually come from. I don't like know. Devil's Garden Hernando. Yeah. Maybe? Oh no, no, dude. I'm like oh, okay. three. I'm like three, yeah, almost four hours from Devil's Garden. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, there's a there's a road by me that it's a uh, it's a highway, but it's only two lanes. You know, coming and going. Uh, it actually runs north and south, and it cuts straight through all the agricultural areas. And I have plenty of older time friends that have caught many, many, many anery corns, and they're always babies. They always catch babies. So hmm. like right now is the time to to find them. Um and it's always under like uh uh 
a canal bridge that like links two canals on either side of the highway. So you just go and you just check the drainage ditches and check the check under the bridge and they just find baby corn snakes. I've never found one, but at least in my mind, if I focus on that, maybe I'll find a glades rat. You know? Yeah, divert my divert my mental energy to, to a different species. <laughs> yeah, that so. just that makes me I need to talk to Wyman about that because that's something similar to the Ladies Island stuff is like I'm curious if you tie that into existing annery lineages like does that tweak that stuff at all in any you know obvious capacity or not because yeah who knows it just makes me wonder you know it's like we have annery like spec different anneries obviously like specters and, and things like that which you know specters are not nearly as prevalent as they used to be but um you know tying it into that stuff and seeing just what happens um you well, know, I always I've thought seen a little bit of that with the Ladies Island stuff being paired to that ghost tessera last year. You know, some of the the tessera babies that came from that are pretty interesting, um, different. You know, not in any any like way left field sort of capacity, but definitely don't look stock standard to to other tesseras. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I, I'm just interested. And, just well, the guys that I know that used to catch these anery corns off this one highway I was talking about. The it was always babies. It was always under under a foot long as the ones they find, and uh, and they raise them up and prove them out, and they're they're real. But it almost was, it almost makes you think it's exanthic, because the snake is literally just black and light gray. That's it. Mm -hmm. There's no pigment whatsoever other than those two shades, and the checkerboard is just white and black, white and black. But the rest of it's the like like very light gray color with black saddles and all that. And uh, well, there's type A and type B. Like there's there's different types of anery that sort of express. But and that's lane. that's that's where I was going to go with this is that the ones that they're catching off this highway or have caught over the past thirty years, they're always whatever whatever this type is. It's always that type, and it would not shock me if the majority of corn snakes in Peninsular Florida, or at least in this neck of Florida, right. It would not shock me if they all carried that gene and it needs mom and dad to turn it on. You gotta have I mean, right, yeah, it wouldn't you know surprise I mean? me if they're being found in any any regular, you know, intervals like that, then I would assume that that, that gene has to be fairly prevalent in that, that particular pool. You know, right, otherwise right. they'd never be found. So Yeah, because we're we're not talking like a thirty mile span. We're talking about like hundreds of miles, you know. Right. Right. So yeah, but I figure if I focus on that, maybe I'll find the Glades rat. Who knows? But Did you listen to the last THP episode at all? No, I have not had a chance to yet. What? Okay, so I asked Jake, and Gillen will get your take on this too. I have been given permission oh, to, yeah, get, yeah. to get a squam. I'm leaning more towards pygmies. Okay. In trade four, get here, get this. <laughs> In trade four, either another child or a boat. Whoa. Whoa. What if you were in my loafers? Uh, I, so the first question I can answer, the second question I cannot. Uh, you're, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> Come on. I was going to simply say, look, man, I'll just, uh, you know, I can either, I'll either give you the, give you some Clarecus or 
I'll catch you a pygmy or two, right? That's easy peasy. I'm I'm not helping you with the other one, pal. You're on your own on that one. <laughs> uh, just what's your what's your lizard brain instinct say when you have to choose between those two? One, two, three, go. Don't even think about it. Just say it. You can't because there's just <laughs> no... do it. Well, let me let, all right. Let me say this. As much as I love boats, I am not a boat guy. I have just had too many issues and friends that had issues and all that. But the next question is, if you did produce another offspring, where are you going to put the little sucker? So that's kind of the other. <laughs> you, know I mean? like, like you can rent a you can rent a lot in a parking lot for the boat. You can't do that with the little human nugget. So that would require that the snake room move into the garage, which would then be converted. It's just this domino effect. Because then the issue is, is what do I do with all the crap that's in here? Um, that also converting would be nice, but it also would not be cheap. Um, so I don't really know. You just buy the boat and use it for the month and then don't use it anymore and you're good to go. Does Black Box make cribs? <laughs> hey, there's an idea. All right, you want, my, you want my honest answer? I want your honest answer. My honest answer is you, first of all, don't get a boat. It's a fucking waste. <laughs> Especially since I know you and I know that the, what you're going to do with the boat and how you're going to do the boat and all that. Okay, let me, it, let, me, let me clarify. I have zero fucking desire to own a boat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I feel, like I feel like I would... You're, I'm at yeah. the point where I I will gladly opt for option number one, which is child number two, over a damn boat. Well, so that's what I was gonna say is is you're not the boat guy. I get that, and I I think that you and forgive me if I'm out of line. I've, you have another baby because you want to have another baby. The squam or the pygmy is just a bonus, you know. Sure. Yeah, I'm with Phil on that. Because then I, you know, the kid would grow up, and I'd be like, "Yep, you were totally worth the dream." <laughs> <laughs> or, or you, you have the kid, and you, you ha keep the keep the squam for two years, and then you, <laughs> and then you get well, rid of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm leaning more towards the the pygmies. Um, you why know, why you don't want to defend your cat from the squam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm leaning more towards the pigs mostly because of the uh, just in the event that if something did happen, you know, the I feel like it would be a um, a much easier process overall on the, the treatability scale. Um, but I don't know. Pygmies look pretty sweet. Look, I'm going to spell it out for you. I'm going to spell it out for you really easy. You decide to do child number bravo right and in the interim of producing set offspring you start to make the transition to the garage you start getting rid of crap you don't use anymore getting a shed putting all that together start to drywall the inside get your air get your air conditioning set up and put your false wall in the front of the garage door with another with another door and, and start making it the way you want it to be so that so it's a thousand percent smitty proof shims and all 
What do you mean? And that that was my selfless jab for the night. But while you're doing that, that gives me ample time to find you pygmies, right? And then by the time the little baby is done incubating, you know, you'll have you'll have all the snakes moved over, you'll have the infant's room set up. And then you're rocking and rolling, man. And you got a bigger, more badass snake room, and you got a beautiful little baby. It's a win-win, brother. Yeah, but that's a lot. You're gonna make one eventually, you know. And I also told Jake I have zero desire to breed or sell venomous in any capacity. Okay. None. I don't want to deal with baby pygmies. I don't want to deal with baby squams. I don't right. want to deal with baby insularis. Whatever I may go with. Don't want to deal with it. I don't want to sell venomous to anybody. I don't know how people do it. Um I just I just want to have some something, some, some, you know, a pygmy or two. Like I'm good. That's all I need. I don't want anything crazy. I don't want any lapids. Don't want any cobras. Don't want any mambas. Don't want any of that stuff. I just want small little finger rudders. Is that Meanwhile, too much to ask? All, all, all the praising I just did of Mike Kasikian, he is destroying me in the group chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. College won't exist by the time they're ready to go to that. <laughs> all right, need to get the Willard Eye. You know, I Willard Eye would be very much up there, but I also feel like Willard and I are also f- very far out of my tax bracket. Uh, I, don't I don't know, know what they're going for currently, oh, but I can't imagine. Ro- Rob produced some like the other year, I think. He also produced Death Adders. The the same guy I got the subox from, man, the Trumbauer guy. He <laughs> l- looking at some of his stuff, it's like, wow, that's <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> and I thought about. Awesome. I thought about claws, like something smaller, basically. Like, I, you know, even if it was, if it wasn't pygmies, if I was going to stay with the, you know, the, the crotalus route, it would be something on the smaller side. It wouldn't, you know, I don't want any, you know, beast cane breaks or diamondbacks or anything like that. And Seven foot diamondback. <laughs> get a sea dew. Yeah, there you go. Jet skis are fun. I wouldn't mind a jet ski. Again, it's more manageable. Maybe she'll settle for that. Maybe we can set, get his get and her jet skis. I already put the kayak thing on the table. That, didn't <laughs> that wasn't good enough. That wasn't that wasn't it. Or just get the airboat, and then then you just I then, mentioned then we airboat. can all come down and uh, go uh, diamondback hunting on those islands. Yeah, yeah, Harry says it best. He says, "If you get a boat, you're going to have a boat and a baby." <laughs> this must be what it feels like when they trade players during the draft. <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly having to like wheel and deal. Be like, okay, we can do this, but I gotta like the offer is now a pygmy and a squam. They'll be like, no, and I'm like, okay, then you know a baby and the garage, and you know two 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 pygmies. It's just this back and forth. I don't know. It's or or you convince Phil to move up, buy the house beside you. And then you never have to get venomous, and you don't have to have another kid. And then you get to play with Phil's venomous when you, when, when you have his supervision. <laughs> Mike's up there playing chess, while everyone else is playing checkers. That is very true. 
That is very true. South Carolina houses look very affordable compared to here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I imagine that probably would be true. Yeah. <laughs> by at least by me, I know it's true. <laughs> so you don't have to have a permit, Phil. Don't have to deal with FWC. That is true. That is very true. You still Florida's have to deal with Floridians. Home. Jacksonville's like three hours away, if that. That's it's not just no, a hop, skip, no. and a jump. And then you're back home, back in the. <laughs> The orange state. Oh man, how did we? How did we go to this? Oh, because you. <laughs> I don't know, but like, yeah, don't okay. you? Haven't you had issues though with wild caught pigs? Me personally. Yeah. The only issues I've ever had with wild caught pygmies is my own fault. I set them up wrong, or there wasn't enough ventilation, or I. Uh, didn't notice health issues. That's the only time I've ever had an issue with a wild caught pygmy. So, now don't get me wrong. I'm also choosing like choice specimens. I'm not taking every single one I find. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ones in the wild that you can tell they're they're roughing it. You know what I mean? Harry so. said, "Come get some blue pickings. I'll do it." Yeah, we all want to come up there, Harry. Harry does live in a good part of Florida, man. Yes, he does. I feel like he lives yes, in like the does. trifecta where all the, everything sort of is in there. Like you don't it's have to worry about not seeing stuff. It's the, yes, it's, it's the, the convergence. Yes, for sure, for sure. Once you get one hot, more can just show up. That's the that's kind of the reason she hasn't let me get any like since we bought the house and stuff. Because I was I was already very close to selling her on the pygmy thing, but she's like. No, because if I let you get one, then it's gonna you're that's your foot in the door and you're gonna go crazy. And I'm like, no, I won't, because I know my limits. And she laughed at me and said, No, you don't. And I said, Okay. And that was the end of it. So You know, Scott and uh, Nipper are gonna just start messaging you and making sure you do everything right once you once you get this ball rolling. <laughs> that's not even I'm not even worried about that part. I'm confident. In my abilities to keep that stuff and have no issues on the care front and the safety front. Like I'm not that's I'm not worried about that in the least. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> but if you had to if you had to pick between pygmies and squams, I know it's kinda apples to oranges. Me? Or insularis. I would I would a thousand percent go pygmy for all the reasons you just said. Which yeah, I like big news. What's that? What reasons? Uh, the fact that the the husbandry is probably easier, especially where you live. The anti-venom is more readily available um, in all aspects, all facets. And it's it's native, man. You know what I mean? So it's you're not you're not dealing with foreign yeah, viruses or issues or diseases yeah. or whatever. It's so hard because like atheris have been an absolute obsession of mine since I was a kid. Sure. I used to be like I used to I had every page from the World of Atheris website printed and in a binder. Like and the a big part of the problem is, is I got the book recently and so I've been reading that and that's oh, of course. Been, like itch and of course. Of course. Freaking hives. So uh, oh man. It's tough. And the only reason I mentioned Insularis is because those have become pretty readily available and they're not crazy expensive and they're nice. You know, they're still pretty, but it's true. I don't know if I want a Waitar, but the blues yeah. are 
Nice. Blues are awesome. It's a blue freaking tree snake. So, and and speaking from someone who's had all three color forms before they had their own species name, I just watched a rat run across my patio. (laughs) Caught me off guard. I had to. I had to call a few over the weekend. It was a bummer. That stinks. I somehow ended up with like a ton of males, and I was like, you know, I heard some of them fighting and stuff, and I was like, all right, it's time, to, time to take a head count. Yep. And the problem now is, I have these adult giant ass rats in my freezer. <laughs> and I have nothing that eats them, and Jake doesn't have anything that eats them. Really? Like his bigger carpets can eat. You know, like one, but he's that's not something he's going to feed him on a regular basis, you know? Yeah, but they're in the freezer. It's not like they're going to go bad, you know? I don't know. I mean, they're tell him to beef up his pine snakes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You get those seven and a half foot pine snakes. (laughs) I'm about to put them on the local Facebook group and be like, whatever the going rate is for rats currently, I'll beat it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure somebody in your town will take them. Yeah. Somebody have all a, pythons. Well, I have a buddy right around the corner that breeds boas, and I'm like, dude, you need rats? And he's like, no. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what? Who says no? I do not need rats. Like, I'm literally yeah. telling you to take these rats. I'm not even going to charge you for them. I just want them gone. And he's like, no, I'm good. How, how big are they? Big. Like colossal size? Like the size of a fucking kitten. <laughs> a big one. Man, I would I would totally take them. I would totally take them. I, I froze like six of them the other day, and that box must have been like freaking three to five pounds. Yeah, man, I wish you were around the corner, man. I would definitely take them all. What would you even feed them to? Kaboon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I've got cobras that are big enough to take it. I just would feed them that for like a two-month span, you know? How often do you feed the kaboon? Once a month. I'll, for some reason, I was thinking you didn't even have gaboons. Yeah, yeah, I've got one giant female left, and uh, she she could take a she could take a, a jumbo rat, but I give her like a smaller, large once a month. Hmm. Yeah, and I was uh, raising I was raising up an import boyfriend for her, and he he died out of the blue. I don't know why. It's very I had him for like six months, and he just he rolled. Gave up. Yeah. I imagine it was something, you know, parasite issue because I, I didn't I don't deworm them just until I know that they're like good, you know, mm-hmm. so I Jeff said just bring them to Daytona for Phil. But then Phil has to somehow keep them for the weekend frozen. Yeah, it's, that's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I do like I vacuum seal them and everything like I freeze them and then I, I they get vac sealed and then I date them and stuff. And, you know, so they're definitely going to be good for a long time. But yeah getting to the point now where i'm like literally hitting up the people i know locally that have stuff that's even big enough to eat and i'm like i literally want you to take rats and no yeah. one will so that's wild man I'm like that's what crazy. the hell everyone's complaining about rodent prices and here i am with the surplus legit so yeah, just saying f- five bucks for an xl that's that would be cheap here yeah that's crazy wait you said five bucks for an xl i think that's what jeff in said. washington yeah Dude, they're like 
10 12 dollars by me are they oh, really yeah. i was about to sell these things for yeah. two bucks a piece yeah same here they're yeah. they're expensive yeah because no one no no one wants to raise them to that size and most of the breeders aren't xl size they have to like make them that big if that makes sense like i know mediums are any like seven to eight dollars probably i mean that's a little high yeah i think mediums i think i pay like 350 or something yeah that'd be good (laughs) i wish they were that cheap here yeah but i don't have anything that eats that so i'm fine Yeah, I think mediums are like three or three fifty, larges are like four four fifty, something like that. So if I could figure out how to ship them, because I looked into it a while back and shipping through UPS with uh, like dry ice is a lot easier than with FedEx for some reason. Like with FedEx you have to like sign up for like a certain account and all this other stuff. And like obviously the boxes have to be marked that there's dry ice and stuff, because I guess it is considered like a hazardous material to some degree. Right. Um I, you know, if I could figure it out, I wouldn't mind shipping stuff. But I just on, on that UPS note, ha- so you know TSK, right? And like yeah. whenever you look at their morph market ads, it always says we only ship UPS. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that just seems like I no knowing a couple knowing like a UPS guy, they're like, no, we never ship any snakes. It's never a thing. So it was just, there was a service a couple years ago that that tried to do it just through ups and i'm thinking either they just didn't survive or that ended up there was another one that was either the same company or another company was doing the same thing and it was a total scam but i yeah, can't remember like it, they were the same or what because don't is it's like a no snakes at all you can ship lizards and frogs through ups but no snakes because of that like dumb thing that happened where the ceo doesn't watch snakes on a plane or whatever and doesn't want snakes yeah. Yeah. but like they they still say but like the tsk still says that they ship with that so it's almost i don't know it gives me a weird feeling if i were to like it makes me not want to buy from them kind of thing because it's it's, it's kind of just weird i don't know well apparently you can ship through the postal service too as long as it's <laughs> considering Smart. that they the box of freaking shirts that i sent phil is in the ether right now yeah, I just actually checked my price list. I pay uh, $3 for medium and three 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 sixty for large. So I was a little off. Huh. That's that's not too bad. I know mice are still like the $2 range, like adult mice. Like either it's like $1.90 or it might be probably, probably $2.10 or something now. But Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to check jumbos because I never I never buy jumbos. So let me see. Hold on. Well, the problem is, is I don't know exactly what size these even like these rats are because I need to I need to weigh them really and figure out where they sit. So I was very wrong. If I was going to buy jumbos, they'd be five bucks. So I was I was way off. Samsonite, I was way off. Because I am getting to that point where, I mean, a my freezer's never been more full, especially of like, you know, newborn pinks and rat pinks and rat pups and stuff which has been nice but now like these adults you know i have some males that get older and i'm like all right buddy it's come with me it's time to time to go over the rainbow bridge yeah um and then have some hip young gunslinger come in his place um wow it just sucks but yeah like i got so many males that i'm just like 
where did you all come from? And a, you, there is a way you can look at like a, a litter of rats um, and tell like what's male and what's female. I haven't gotten good enough at it yet to be able to say, because otherwise I'd just start, you know, separating some even and, and doing that. But I don't know. So Phil, your dollar, your three fifty would uh, buy me a rat pup. Wow. <laughs> Uh, extra larges are 11 bucks. Wow. Yeah. I, I buy them from somebody else, but this is like the main rodent producer out here. I buy them from a local person that makes them a little cheaper, but yeah, still crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even realize they went up that much. Like, cause I know pinkies for the longest time are super cheap, but yeah, mice pinkies are probably, wow. They're a dollar minimum now. That's... A piece? Wow. Yeah, I remember when they were like 50 or 60 cents still. Like uh before COVID they were still like 80 cents I want to say. Wow. Like they and that was bulk. Bulk is a dollar so they're probably a dollar 10, dollar 20. What if you only buy a few? Wow. You got me you got <laughs> me looking. You got me looking. So How many I mean do you how many options for feeder suppliers do you guys have there? Uh, well, like, there's a bunch of, like, local people kind of thing. There's, like, one, there's a couple bigger ones. Our, my, one of our buddies, uh, Tyrone out in Alberta, he imports frozen rodents from the U.S. and is able to sell them cheaper than most Canadian people and still make a bit of money. <laughs> wow. I, uh, I just checked. Uh, I'm actually paying a, a dollar a piece for pinks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, like, I get it cheaper then. <laughs> What's that? Like red hots, uh, just regular, like a like, like couple day old, yeah, yeah, a yeah, couple day old, and they're packs of twenty five. So, because I'm yeah. I'm freezing off, like, not even gonna lie, like fifty to a hundred freaking rat pinks and and mice pinks a week. Really, dude, like I'm cranking them out, and I haven't even been touching the ASF. So I'm gonna have, I'm like, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm gonna have to, like, I'm I'm starting to pull some ASF litters because I'm getting so many. And Casey's like, just keep, you know, hold on to them and keep keep breeding them. We need more. And I'm like, dude, I don't have anywhere else to put these damn things. Like, I'm literally being overrun by ASFs. Like, those things are reproducing like freaking crazy. Um, let me say this: uh, after the show, you and I will con conspire, and I will buy some rodents off you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. After realizing how much we're spending, <laughs> well, no, I was gonna say is I, I'm almost out of rat pinks, and if you say you have that many, I'm gonna take them because I give rat pinks to everything. That's what I mean. That's what I've been feeding like a lot of my stuff. Um, yeah, a lot of my stuff is on the younger <laughs> side, so it's been eating you know a lot of that stuff. I've been feeding off mostly um, rat pinks and smaller rat pups, and yeah. Um, yeah, anything in my collection. Not even a ton of wean stuff. Like nothing, really nothing over the size of an adult mouse. Right. Like I don't really use. I don't really feed. Like the Jants and I are really the only thing big enough to to eat like a, a bigger size rodent. Um, the one, the bigger male pine is kind of the only other exception. And then that adult male green tree. Um, but that's that's kind of it. So I've got a bunch of bigger stuff. And even some of the like the wean rats that I've had are, are like, even those are too big for most of my adult corns um, for me to even feel comfortable feeding them without them looking like they're about to freaking pop. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just wait as, as soon as a neonate is big enough to eat is big enough to eat a rat pink. It just goes on rat pinks and never leaves. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 
Yep. They've definitely yeah. slowed down, Mike. But I've got like I've got tubs that have, you know, a group of adults and then, you know, 15 or 20 hoppers in there hanging out with them. Um, Because some of those some of those adults are now getting to the point to where they're probably going to start winding down and it's probably going to be time to to call them in the next couple weeks. So. Yeah, I have the I still have a 120 gallon with mice and uh, a couple of weeks ago it was like, wow, they're actually even still now like every. I think I have like probably four females in there now and it's just every week there's another litter and it's like you throw some in the freezer, feed some off and Crazy. try to try to hold back still. Cause it's like, yeah, it's going good now, but I've had times where it's like a month and it's just slow and you might get one litter kind of thing. Cause they're either yeah. raising up or they're old or however it is. So yeah, it was, well, yeah, they've been breeding good so far. I was surprised cause we've had some heat waves here. So yeah. Wow. I couldn't do it, man. I uh, I give you guys mad props. I, I I can't do rodents anymore, man. I just can't. Yeah, it, it's tough it this time smells. of year, especially, man, because it's just like the freaking heat. I woke up oh, early yeah. Saturday morning and got like I tried to get out there early on Saturday mornings before it really heats up, and even then, like ten minutes in, I'm just drenched. Yeah. Like there were some tubs over the weekend where I was like, "Y'all ain't even that dirty. You're just gonna wait until next week." Like this is I can't I can't yeah. freaking stand this shit. Yeah. You know, so it's a yeah. labor of love. Yeah, the things we do for our serpents. But I'd still, <laughs> I'd still rather do that than have to buy in bulk because, like, Jake's buying on a regular basis, and the amount of money he's having to drop on on rodents is just crazy. And I'm, I have more snakes than he does, I think, currently. Yeah. So. Yeah. How are the? How's that Jansen uh, egg looking? Rolling strong. Good. I haven't uh, haven't candled it or anything, but it's it's looking fine. Um, I was talking to Stone about it actually like a week or two ago, and he was basically like, "When that thing pips, he's like, cover it up, don't open the lid, don't look at it, don't do anything. Like, check on it for like a half a second once it's pipped periodically to see if it's come out." But he was like. As spazzy as those things are, he's like, they will undoubtedly shoot out of that egg with that umbilical cord still attached and rip it or something and bleed out. Like, Wow, I didn't even think of that. He was adamant about it. Like no, he, no, no, Jay Brewer. Uh, he was, yes, he was, he was very, <laughs> very stern in his message of like, when it happens leave it alone which i mean i was gonna do that regardless like as long as the wait is for incubation on that thing like the last like i waited this long i'm not gonna you know rush it out of the egg or anything like that so yeah i, I wouldn't have even, even thought of that i mean i i i'm not surprised um yeah it would be something that i'd definitely be mindful of had he even if he hadn't said anything you know um but yeah, I think he was just like, look, he's like, when that happens, ignore it. Don't look at it. Don't breathe on it. Don't touch it. Wait for it to be out, out, and then do whatever you need to do. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Still got a, a good bit of time to go. The rhino eggs are supposed to hatch the weekend of Daytona. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, those look like they're doing good. Show. 
That's going to be tough, man, because I'm going to be itching to go home and, and see them, man. Yeah. yeah. And then I have a corn clutch that's due to hatch literally any day now. We're on, like, day, like, 73. And What's the pairing on it? That is the Ghost Tessera to the Pied Blood Red male. Oh, yeah. So I'm... I'm waiting, oh. and then the the Castagna Motley to the Ladies on Female Clutch is the one after that, and then the Baird's Clutch is the one after that. So I had to I dropped the the incubation like the incubator down to seventy eight for the Rhino eggs and the Jansen eye, which as a result like makes the other clutches that I would normally have warmer take longer. So how uh, how warms your snake room or house because Maybe the Jansen and I and the rhinos would do better just at a different ambient temperature. Uh, so they're in my closet, which is a small walk-in, which does not have, it's not connected to the, like the central air or anything. So it is a little warmer than oh, okay. the rest of the house. Um, I actually think if they were just in that closet, um, it would be warmer than what it is in the incubator. So oh, okay, um, yeah, that'd be. I don't know. I'm just like I said. You know, me and Jake talked about it too a couple episodes back. Like I'm just so paranoid about keeping anything outside of the incubator out of fear of me fat fingering something and dropping a box or something stupid that was completely preventable. Like yeah, I treat the incubator like a like a safe. <laughs> I don't have to worry about something happening to stuff. If it's in the incubator, I don't have to touch anything to like check on stuff. Cause I have the flashlight and it's got the glass door and stuff. And um, it's not, it's not fear of the temperatures or anything like that. It's 100%. Like I'm going to pull one of these tubs off the top rack or something. And I'm going to drop it like an idiot on the last, you know, couple days of incubation and completely ruin and is your incubator hooked up with uh, like alerts in case it kicks off or overheats or whatever? Uh, it's on a herbstat which has an alarm setting, and I don't believe the alarm is on. It's on to some random number, probably. <laughs> Ninety-five yeah, I degrees. Just, you know, I just turned it on and it's set to whatever it's set at. You know, and just let it coast. But... Yeah, no, I just I just think of that horrible thing that Henry and I dealt with with the Siemensis eggs, and I mean, it, it was a very very preventable issue but just people make mistakes you know so i just mm-hmm. i i worry about shit like that you know you, you the alarm goes off when the fuse when the if the fuse goes out which is nice. oh, okay that's, that's kind of my main concern but um otherwise like and that is kind of the nice thing about about colubrid eggs is like if the power does go out or if the the thermostat <laughs> does go down um you know they're still at a temperature that's that's completely in line with what they would be at anyways. So yeah, it would be a little warmer, but it's not going to be anything detrimental. So yeah. I'm okay with it. Um, you know, if it were chondro eggs, I'd be a little more concerned. Um, sure. Sure. Which hopefully that'll, that'll happen at the end of the year. We'll see. Um, All right, cool. It'll be nice. It kind of works out that those are, are winter breeders. Cause then, you know, that's the time of year that I don't have anything in the incubator. Uh, so, we'll see but hell yeah i just i like having the consistency because right now i have it at set it at 78 um and i'm just gonna let it you know letting it ride and maintain that you know i think the fluctuations and stuff are, are fine and all but um 
and with the you know the cyania and the way i had it set up before the jansen eye and the rhino eggs went in there is i'd have it set to like 82 during the day and then it dropped to 78 at night um and then i just i just scrapped the 82 part all together and just had it set straight to 78 so okay that that worked fine for the other stuff i was doing it but we'll see yeah, man. Yeah, those rhinos will be pretty cool when you get them. I think, like, I know you mentioned try, probably using the live fish method, but I think, yeah. what's yeah, his name? Rosie, J- Rosie Red. Did J- JP, I think, mentioned using, I think I re listened to the episode not too long ago, but I think he used, he was able to use Smelter or the, uh, oh, what is it, the Hikari, those Hikari fish that they, that Hikari sells in the frozen packs, mm-hmm. what are they called again? I think I think you use something like that. You're talking about to... like, blood, like blood worms? No, no, no. Uh, Hikari sells like like a frozen like silver like, sides. Sm- yeah, silver sides. Ah, silver sides. Okay, okay. Like I think he was able to like like pretty quickly get moved with scenting with that and putting the pinky in the water bowl kind of thing. Maybe maybe you need a fish or two to get it moving yeah. right away. Yeah, or just like. Because I've worked in fish stores and stuff in the past, and it's like I, w- I would never want to feed a live feeder fish to any anything, let alone a snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I like rosy reds are super cheap. I think you can get them at yeah. or I think they're like fifteen cents a piece or something. Um, and I like my my goal with that would be you know make that as temporary as possible. Um, you know the babies are. Maybe rhinos are, are pretty tough and can go a, a surprisingly oh, yeah. long time without a food, but um, I think yeah, initially I'll probably try rosy reds, and then sort of once I get them, I know a, you know two or three meals of those in there, try them out on pinks, and if they don't take, then maybe switch over to something like silver, like frozen silver sides or something that's considerably uh, more more fish smelly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could always do a. Um... Uh, we used to for baby monocle cobras used to take a an old mug that like ceramic mug that you don't care about anymore and pour tuna juice into that and then microwave that to get it you know hot not boiling or anything you microwave it and then toss your fl- flash you know flash thaw your frozen pinks in the tuna juice in the cup and then just drop feed frozen thawed pinks that were thawed in tuna juice and bingo yeah yeah i think it's almost sounds like with the rhinos like like that would probably that would definitely probably work and then he just instead of dropping it in the just on the floor maybe drop it in the water bowl or a separate water bowl that maybe they mm-hmm. he just uses it like a feeding bowl yeah the problem seems is like they, the rhinos need to they like to fish right so i don't know yeah but the problem is is you can't put it in a, in a water bowl because it'll oh. wash the tuna scent off yeah, that's that's yeah. the kicker. Maybe so. put a little fish in there, like a slice of fish or something. I yeah. don't know. There's probably multiple ways to try. Oh, there sure. you go. You get to experiment with how to feed rhinos and not be like Terry Burwell standing there for 15 minutes, yeah. bumping it on the nose. <laughs> Terry did get a clutch from the uh, the Parasyania that I sent him. Oh, nice. A yeah, really nice that. clutch from that female, so I thought that was awesome. I told him I was like, "Be prepared for her to drop a second one," because she did it with me. <laughs> you know, she thinks they're freaking egg machines, man. And then a third. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's no, it's really no wonder why they're so 
prevalent naturally, you know, where they're at. Because, like, seeing it firsthand, I'm like, mother of God, like, these things do nothing but freaking crank out babies. Yeah. It's wild. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm going to – I I do kind of wish I still had the, you know, the dart frogs and stuff because the tadpoles that I tried with that first uh, first rhino that I got from Terry worked great. You know, it, it snatched those things up no problem. Um, and that is kind of a nice, I guess, use for if you're overloaded by tadpoles, depending on the species that you're dealing with, especially something like the tadis where those tadpoles get a pretty decent size. Yeah. Um, to where they're substantial, you know, it's not like uh, Leucomelis or any of the Ranatomeo where the, the tadpoles are tiny, you know, with your bigger stuff like your your tinks and, and things like that. I think they'd be great for that. Um, those Vitatis were perfect for that kind of thing because they were producing so many. It was just ridiculous. Um, so I think that's like a really good alternative feeder for, for that kind of stuff that I think would be very much worth having a tank with you know a trio or whatever of a tadis in it and just having them crank out tads or even the uh, um is it the the anthony eye yeah, yeah. bird poop frogs would be an idea too although then you have to get crickets yeah. I, I bred those for a year they do call at night mm-hmm. and, but they do produce a lot of like they'll they'll produce a lot, although some tadpoles take like a few months to come out, while others uh, go through the metamorphosis a little quicker. Mm-hmm. But they're 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 another neat frog that could probably be used as a feeder frog as well. Yeah, yeah the uh, I mean the rosies, they're sort of the 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 first route just out of convenience of you know availability and being able to get my hands on them. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, tuna juice. I tried that, I think, with uh, Baby Alterna and got nowhere with those. Um, okay. I mean, granted, that's kind of apples to oranges in terms of yeah. trying to get stuff going, but, um, you know, tuna's cheap enough, too. I don't eat that stuff. Katie might, but... Yeah. Um, that That's also a, a good a good trick. So, yeah. Yeah. I've also seen, like, I don't, I don't eat tuna, but... I've seen guys where they take uh, the packet, not the can, right? They have like the little packet of tuna, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll cut a small little, cut a little bit of the top off, and they'll just like pluck out a few strands, and then do the flash the flash boil with that strands in there, and then they can just freeze that packet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not gonna go bad frozen. I know. I would I would take silver for the hog nose. I would take when I used to breed them. I took silver sides, thaw them out, cut them, like, break them in half and rub the pinky with the inside of the silver side. Yeah. That, that works sometimes. Yeah. I even got an adult female to eat an entire silver side. <laughs> oh, wow. Daniel Lopez said Gambusia, which is another option. Um, Dustin asked, did you notice bigger babies doing the lower incubation temp? Uh, I don't know yet especially with the corns because I've never incubated corns this low. So from the way those eggs look, I mean, A, that, that ghost tester female, um, even when she was with Chris, like she laid small eggs for a corn snake, which I mean, corn snakes already lay pretty small eggs. Those things look like they're going to freaking pop. Like they've gotten so damn fat uh, and they're getting close because there's a ton of like condensation on the lid. So there's respiration happening. 
So we're getting there. I just don't know. You know, obviously it's taken. We're 10 days longer now um, than what you would typically get with corn eggs. So again, like any day now I'm expecting it. I just, it's getting irritating when I get all excited and I wake up in the morning to check eggs and there's no heads. And then I get home from work and I'm excited and I check and there's no heads and like, it's killing me. Just want some damn babies. We know the feeling, man. We know the feeling. Uh, with that, we'll, are you going to get some pied-ish looking babies or are they all just going to be like hats or diffused uh, or however that works? Currently, it will be a wonderful blend of normals and some tesseras. Yeah, that, so. That's always cool. So. Yeah. Katie's back. BRB. <laughs> so how's your uh, your Mountain King snake doing good? Yeah, yeah, the the boy and girl are doing great. Um, I was really concerned with moving to the new room because the new room is, it gets a so, is very very hot in the new room naturally. Um, lots of windows. In fact, three of the four walls are heavily glass windows. So what my friend and I did is I bought on Amazon and it's super half-assed, jerry-rigged. Um. I bought the adhesive mirror tint. So when you look in from the outside of the building, it looks like a mirror on the inside. It just looks like dark tint. So I did that. And that actually kept the temp down a lot. Um, but the majority of myself, if it's not a North American colubrid, it's all African and middle Eastern with, with the exception of uh, uh, montane rattlesnakes. So yeah. which they're not going to care about the temp, especially in summer. Um, and I put Govies in the room. I put one on the north side, one on the south side. And the hottest it's been so far with a ceiling fan going, central AC doing something in there a little bit, and that mirror tinting, it's maintaining a peak temp of 85 Fahrenheit. Okay. Because I know with my uh, pyros, they, the female had, like the male's doing fine, but the female's definitely like, regurged a few times with the higher some of the higher temp days yeah yeah and so like even when it was probably i'm not i had never actually temp gunned it but it was probably 80 to maybe not it was probably higher than 80 but it was probably that 85 to 83 range i want to say could have been hotter too but because they were up in my bedroom for quarantine so i think moved them down to the snake room where Right now, it's probably gonna be eighty to seventy-five day temp for the rest okay. of the summer, because my snake room state like because here it doesn't get too warm. Right. Well, other than now, but like now it's perfect. I don't have to throw a heater on in the morning or anything. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm hoping she stops recurging because I've been I did the slice the pinky thing and that was working for two months since I got them. Yeah, that was working good. It's real. But, but yeah, like the other last week, she regurged again. It was like, uh, oh, jeez. Uh, but I well, gave her pinky head, so we'll see if she holds that down. Yeah, I'm sure she'll be fine, especially with just the head. The um, so my male never gave me an issue. Always ate, always did great. Just living life. So I, I he's actually in a, a a rack with other colubrids. Totally fine. The female, for the first like four or five months, didn't eat anything never lost a single drop of weight and i think it might have been mike Kosicki who told me to just basically take her off of heat 
put her at room temp and just leave her be. And I did. And it worked like a son of a gun. And now that she's in the snake room with everybody else, it's 85 at the hottest and probably 73 in the middle of the night, maybe 72 in the middle of the night. Um, I haven't tried to feed her because it's only been a week since I've done this, but I'm, I'm really eager to see if the temperature is going to make a difference because now she's over a year and a half old. I mean, actually, yeah, easily a year and a half old. So I, I'm hoping that she just sticks with the same, I'll eat, I'll poop, I'll sleep, I'll eat, I'll poop, I'll sleep, and it won't. this temperature won't be a detriment to everything that we've done so far. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually I, I really want them to freaking grow because I would like to keep them communal. I'd like to do like what Mike does and keep the adults together. But there's probably at least another four years until they're ready. To do that. <laughs> so we'll see yeah. what happens. I noticed that mine started growing actually pretty quickly once I got them. Like they were pretty. I think they were late last year babies. Okay. And they, I assume that Ty was feeding them when he uh, had them. They're uh, they're het Applegate animals. Nice. But uh, as soon as they started feeding, like it, I, I swear, like it. Maybe, maybe it's just me going in the room every day, but I swear they're growing bigger. So it's it's kind of yeah. weird how quick they're growing. It seems, but that's yeah. good. It's good, man. Uh, it's so good. did Skylar? You said, or was it? Was it Mike? A Mike. Mike is yeah, yeah. Uh, so did he get that from reading the King Snake book? Because I know I Bob know. Applegate wrote that. He kept some of his king snakes communally, but he never said which ones. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> obviously yeah, I mean, not. I've, I've heard, yeah, obviously not Ketchula. Um, I've heard a lot of a lot of people over the years that keep you know any of the mountain kings together. You know, Zanata, Pyro, Pyro, whatever. Um, it's just making sure that their temperatures are right, that they have plenty of places to go, and that they're both adequately fed individually. So. And I just feel like they're they're very much, in my opinion, they don't strike me as the I'll eat anything that moves. To me, they're more of a I'll eat what is supposed to be eaten. Does that make sense? What was like a Florida king? Oh no, if it's moving, it's food. Yeah. You know, so Gatula stuff. But I don't I mean I'm I'm a king snake guy at heart, but I, I've only got, oh man, I don't know, less than ten, so I'm I'm not I'm not the leading authority on that at all. I just enjoy them. <laughs> I'm already I'm talking to to Chris about some Leonis again. Oh, nice. Don't want to don't want to try gray bands again. No, I mean I'd keep gray bands again. I don't ever plan on breeding them again. But yeah, but that was that more your dad's thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had he had a nice group of of Thayeri, um that I am still kicking myself to this day for getting rid of. But Chris has some that he's putting together that I am already told him. I'm like, whatever you've got, let me yeah. know because I got the, I got the itch. I I really do like Leonis a lot. That's a cool little group. Yeah, man, for sure. Oh yeah, the the milk snake phase ones are really neat to me because yeah. it's it's cool how you get that like milk snake looking king mm-hmm. snake that that can also shoot out the those greenish greenish ones or the orange ones like it's just cool yeah, yeah. plus sure. his will have lineage right because his are probably from uh john so the, the, you get the lineage behind that yeah too. they i'm trying to he told me who who he got his from and i'm trying to remember off the top of my head who it was i don't think it was john it was somebody else uh, but i'm sure john at least has a hand in those somewhere so yeah 
Yeah. We'll see. But did everybody see those uh Nablocki that uh Eric hatched yeah. out? <laughs> I, I did not. Uh they which, it, which it makes you want them. Uh Westmoreland. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll check them out. Makes you makes you really want them because I like I already saw when they were hatching. I was like, mm, should I, should I, should I just do it? Should I just text them now before they even get <laughs> eating? <laughs> nice, uh, nice. It's, it's hard because I've been eyeballing some of those. Not that anybody actually sells them publicly, but the the Utah milks and the pale milks and some of that like odd those odd, little oddball milk snakes and. It's like uh, those actually do seem kind of cool, even though you're gonna have to like feed them like mouse legs and stuff on their babies. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah no I'll thing. tell you what, what's actually loving the new hotter room. Believe it or not, is my um my outer banks I got from Doc Loveman. Man, the, I was keeping them at room temp and they were doing fine, and now I put them in the 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 hotter room and do they're always out. They're cruising and like it's not it's not cruising like. I'm too hot. I got to get out of here. It's more like a curiosity thing, exploring more. I'm seeing little tunnels through the Aspen that I never saw before. So they're actually coming out pretty damn cool, man. And they're just starting to change and get more speckly. I'm so excited. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is there anything you guys are looking to add at Daytona? Of course. Smitty, you go first. Uh, So sort of at the... The top of the list is um, I really want to get a coral ghost corn or two to eventually tie into the Castagna stuff. Um, and then Tony D had some ultras last year that if I had seen those before I got the other stuff, I would have snatched at least one of those up in a heartbeat. So hopefully if he has some of those again this year, that's definitely going to happen. But um, pretty much everything I've got my eyes on is is corn related. Nice, nice. Trying to trying to stay focused. It's hard. Well, me, I'm all over the place. I um, I definitely want to try and get either a an anery female Transpecos or a het anery Transpecos female, um, to go with my male. I'd like to try and get a pair of Davis or like Davis ish looking normal transpecos um i think that could be a lot of fun i need a female going eye ex- oh, excuse me means eye. excuse me um so that's definitely on the roster uh man obviously gonna keep my eyes peeled for some some nephris but uh other than that i was gonna try and find another glades rat but because sicky's coming in clutch so I think I think that'll pretty much do it for like specific mission based, you know, <laughs> desired animals. But oh yeah, that'll be that'll be yeah. cool. Yeah, I know. I think Rob posted pictures of his subox that he hatched yes, out. Yes, yeah. I have so to, those I have will to reach out to him. I, I never. I know you sent me his contact info. I felt horrible. I never. <laughs> I never followed through with it just because I knew that I had the move coming and oh, yeah, just yeah. trying to figure everything out. But I'm definitely going to reach out to him, especially now that you tell me that he's bred deathies and some other stuff, too. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. He, he seems like a really cool guy because he, he's in the Trumbauer clan. Yeah, but man. he he definitely, yeah. The Trumbauer tribe. He doesn't, uh, I don't think he sells that much like outside of Daytona. Like He just kind of breeds. Like The subox are from last year's babies kind of thing yeah just 
brings all the stuff, sells it, and I, but I'm sure since you're in Florida and you would probably be able to get maybe get them beforehand kind of thing or meet up at the show. But yeah, yeah well, what I would definitely do is I'm going to hit him up and see what's what, and then if I can just run every with him on vendor day, you know, vendor setup day. And that, oh, yeah, way, yeah, yeah. You just, that way it's off his table. I can squirrel it away and be done with it. You know, I, I may, uh, uh, I'm debating messaging and seeing what he's going to bring this time. Cause every, t- it seems like a yearly thing now that I just get something from him. So nice. nice. Maybe I'll let's, let's see if I can talk to you guys about maybe holding on to something until it's time to export it. But we'll yeah. see. I, I shouldn't add anything, but you know how you know how hard that is. Famous last words, man. Oh yeah, yeah. My my goal is to buy more books than snakes. That's that's the goal. So actually, yeah, that's also why I want to go to Daytona because I need to add to my book collection. I don't ever have any plans because I know that whatever my plan is going to be, it's not going to go that way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's famous last words, right? I know last year I was looking for male Kentuckys and I think he had his clutch hatch like a week before Daytona and it was oh, all females again. Oh, geez. He had two years in a row, like one male in each clutch. Damn. Wow. Wow. But then, but then he sent me the list and there's like, uh, I think he said uh, highway 277 Alterna. Uh, and then the sub, the wild rose pass were on the thing too. And I was like, mm, <laughs> I'll take those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know he had locality, uh, Cal Kings, and then he has a bunch of other stuff like San Luis Potosi. Nice. Nice. He probably probably has a whole range of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it's always cool to see what other guys got. Very cool. Very cool. We are at the two-hour mark. Do we have any closing statements, arguments? Um... No, man. We, we covered a lot of cool stuff tonight. Uh, we did. Oh, yeah. Well, this was episode 169 of Snakes and Stogies, part of the Herpeticulture Network, which is brought to you by Fulvius Apparel, fulviusapparel.com, uh, Fulvius Apparel on Facebook and Instagram, blackboxcages.com. Use code THN at checkout if you buy yourself a rack or a cage or both. Uh, you won't regret it. Fastest lead times around. Buy a rack. Buy a cage, get it uh, before you forget that you even ordered it. That's true. Crazy. That's very true. Instead of having a box show up on your porch and going, what is this? I don't remember ordering it. It's like, oh, wait, this is the cage and rack I ordered three weeks ago. Because lead time is currently two weeks from the time of order. So wow, wow, fourteen days—that's wild. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, blackboxcages.com, blackbox, blackbox cages on Facebook and Instagram as well. The fine folks at Puget Sound Pythons, go give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook, and hunt them down on Morph Market because I be- like Phil said at the beginning of the show, uh, they have some stuff up. If I'm not mistaken. So go check it out. Um, Michael, where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me on my Facebook or Instagram. It's just my name. On Instagram, it's a double underscore between uh, Michael and Gillen. But it's yeah. G-I-L-L-O-N. Yes, sir. 
Gillen. Right. Uh, we'll be back for THP on Thursday. And hopefully some corns have hatched by then. We'll see. Nice. They're killing me. You love it. It never gets old, but it's just always like, damn it. Oh, yeah. Happen, you know, it's killing me. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody. Have a good evening. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.